past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant. We're glad to have you joining us today. And today I am going to share some of the insights I gained by going to the National Resume Writers Association annual conference last week. So this is a group of individuals all focused on helping professionals like you better market themselves. So they write resumes, obviously, given the name, the National Resume Writers Association. They help people with LinkedIn profiles. They do interview coaching. Some of them are are coaches that do career coaching. A few of them were the certified personal brand strategists that, that I know through career thought leaders. So this is a group of people that is all focused on helping professionals get jobs, get better jobs, communicate their accomplishments so that they can achieve their career goals. One of the changes from past years, a little bit more time spent this year on how do you help people who are in the quote-unquote gig economy. There were a couple of presentations focused specifically on people who are working in the gig economy. And we've talked a little bit about this on, on the show before, but perhaps you haven't listened in. So talk about what actually is this gig economy. So the gig economy is people who are working as 1099, so independent contractors. And this group of people has been growing quickly, actually more quickly, I think, than the data even said it was going to. These might be people who work for Uber and are, are driving for Uber. That They're on a contract basis. They're not employees. Might be people who are working as a contract for technology companies doing programming, software design, some kind of a project-based work usually as a, a contractor. You're, you're doing some kind of project-based work. And this group of people is, is growing. It, the Bureau of Labor estimated that they would be up to 40% of the workforce by 2020. And I haven't seen anything specifically on this, but my guess is that they're actually ahead of those projections because of the rise in companies like Uber and Lyft and similar types of arrangements that allow you to work on a, a contract or contingent basis more easily. Of course, those are both examples of people driving cars. And there are other sites that are growing that allow freelance writers to get more writing work, freelance designers to get more design work. Some of those people consider themselves to be, you know, entrepreneurs and they have a company and some of them consider themselves to be more freelancers. And this gig economy includes, as as Kimberly Schneiderman from RiseSmart shared, this economy includes people who might do gigs, might be seasonal, contingent, 
contractors, independent contractor, 1099 is the federal form that you have to fill out if you are this type of, of employee to a company, on-demand, freelance, all those different words are being used for this audience that is growing. Why is this audience attractive or why is this type of work attractive to people? It is a growing attraction for people who are in the later parts of their careers. Perhaps they're having trouble getting companies to hire them as full-time employees. They're you know, facing that age discrimination, and this is a great way they can leverage their experience as a benefit for themselves and a benefit for the company. Instead of hiring me as a full-time employee, you can use my experience and hire me as a contractor, and it, it will cost you, by the way, to do that, but lots a lot of companies find that to be better because then it's more flexible for the company. They can have a, a project-based workforce for that project and then be able to downsize, right-size quickly when they need to instead of having employees. The idea of this workforce growing fits quite well, along with the trends that we're seeing in the workforce in general, and I'll talk about a few of those in a, in a little bit here, but we'll be specific. If you are thinking about becoming a 1099 employee, contractor's status of some kind, or if you already are, how do you market yourself? How do you get gigs, right? How do you land those jobs if you are trying to move from gig to gig? You're in, in, in essence, kind of your own agent, right? You're, you've got to manage your own talent availability. What are you going to charge? How are you going to land those gigs? And perhaps if you're just getting started, what are you actually going to do? So Kimberly talked through helping people understand what their tool set is. And if you're thinking about becoming a freelancer or or starting something on the side, you want to start there. What are the, the problems that you can solve? What are the problems that you enjoy solving the most? You know, if you're going to market yourself and craft your own gig, Look at the the problems that you really enjoy solving, the problems that your audience tends to come to you for. What are your skill sets that, that people are asking for? Then you can look at kind of creating a services sheet. What are all the different services that, that you could offer Again, maybe starting by looking at the the problems that you can solve, the skill sets that you'd like to use, the general services that you can see yourself offering. I also think when you're in that stage, you want to think about who your target audience is. So when you think about what problems do I solve, who has those problems, what problems other what other problems do they have what 
what's their need look like? What do you, what can you foresee their need might look like in the future? We don't want to get too much of a bubble thinking about ourselves and, and what we enjoy and what we can do before we start to think of who the audience is and what they need, what they're looking for and what they might be looking for in the near future. That can help you plan and kind of assess if there's an opportunity to go out on your own. People talk a lot about, you know, is freelancing, contracting, independent work a good fit for you? And that's a a very important consideration. Is it the right lifestyle for you? Can you manage your projects on your own? Can you manage your own time? Does your schedule allow for that? And what would your strengths be in that arena? Maybe what would your your weaknesses or challenges be? There's some talk, and it seems like it's gone away now because we've just simply reached a critical mass where it critical mass where it cannot be true. There used to be some talk about you know that you either have the right personality to be an entrepreneur or you don't, and that was malarkey. Different people will do entrepreneurship in different ways, but there isn't one personality type that's successful in entrepreneurship and and no other personality types are successful. It's how will you be successful? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses going to be? And then really, who can you bring along to help you address those weaknesses and and not let them get in your way in terms of the work you want to do. You'll have to set up different systems and do it in a way that works for you and and be aware of your your issues that might get in the way. So if you tend to be good at, at deadlines but you're not real great at getting something done if there's not a hard deadline How can you create that for yourself? Who can help you do that? What's going to prevent you from letting that get in your way? So self-knowledge is the key there. Not necessarily that there's a certain type of, of person that's good and a certain type of person that's not. It's all about knowing yourself, understanding the realities of that lifestyle and figuring out how you're you're going to make it work in a very proactive and um, realistic way. So when you're thinking about launching out and doing something on your own, you know, people always ask me, well, what's going to look different in my resume? Well, first of all, You know, your marketing material may not be a resume. It might if you're going to be applying to companies that are looking for a a contract worker. You may need a resume. But there's other pieces of that puzzle that you may need. You may need a website. You might need a bio. You might need a LinkedIn profile or a profile on on some other different social media where your audience is. So the output of the marketing material isn't as important as the input. The input being what is it that you're going to sell? What, What are your 
services going to be and how can we package those and in essence create a brand for you and remember our our definition of branding here is your unique promise of value so your unique promise of value means that it's unique what is it that you offer unique not meaning that it's you know one in a million but unique in that we're not going to be spewing all of the generic language that could be copied and pasted from one place to another here so your unique you, what is, it, what is it that you offer? Your promise, how have you offered it before? What examples of projects can you share where you've solved the problems that you want to solve? And how can we show that in as relevant to as language as possible to the audience that you're going to be targeting? Your promise then, and then the value. How is it valuable to that target audience? That means that to be able to craft our brand, we we have to know what the target audience's needs are and have thought about how we add value in that area, how we can show we've added value in the past. So those pieces are going to be the building blocks to whatever marketing material and venue makes the most sense for your your venture and to think of it that way that that you now are are a company perhaps you need a, a resume occasionally but what else might you need to really communicate this brand to your potential audience we're going to take a short break come back in just a few minutes and share some of the other insights gained from the national resume writers association conference we'll be right back in just a few minutes America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Each week, Larry Sternberg joins Dr. Kim Turnage to explore management issues from culture to discipline in Managing to Make a Difference. Join Talent Plus for 60 minutes of dynamic conversation, including real-life management examples helping you manage teams across the globe. This series airs on Voice America, the business channel, Thursdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Managing to Make a Difference every Thursday afternoon with Larry Sternberg and Dr. Kim Turnage. 
You hear about it all the time. Compromises, destructive malware, major breaches. You can't turn on the news without hearing about the latest cyber event. Learn more about cybersecurity, how it has become one of the most significant threats to our national security, and the battle experts undergo every day on your behalf to protect you, your families, and your data. Task Force 7 Radio with host George Ritas is the voice of cybersecurity around the world. Tune in live every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are tuned into The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking about the insights gained from the National Resume Writers Association Conference this last week. And just to take a moment here and recognize um, one of our sponsors for the show, the Career Thought Leaders Consortium and Resume Writing Academy. Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy also were sponsors of the National Resume Writers Association Conference, which is part of why I was there, of course, to connect with colleagues that I've known for uh, almost a decade now and uh, to to represent Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy there. Um, they, the training that the National Resume Writers Association offers and the, the training that Career Thought Leaders and Resume Writing Academy offer are, you know, the top ones in the industry. We're always trying to move the industry forward and and. Career Thought Leaders Resume Writing Academy and the National Resume Writers Association, all in partnership there to make sure that professionals who are helping other professionals with their careers have the latest information, the best information, and access to training opportunities. So learning at this conference and connecting with all my colleagues is always fun. This was probably my eighth conference for the National Resume Writers Association and always, always learn something, get refreshed in how I work, what I do, and best practices for career communications. One of the presentations at the conference was taught by Deb Dibb, and Deb is an instructor for some of the programs at the Career Thought Leaders Consortium dealing with social branding. And, you know, one of Deb's catchphrases is kick the corporate out of it. So her presentation was all about how we can write career communications that are more personable and she talks about them being professional instead of professional in that they are communicating. They're accessible. They're vulnerable in the, in the words of Brene Brown. They give 
the audience an opportunity to really connect with you, us, all of us, who might have a LinkedIn profile or a bio to really get out of the habit of talking about ourselves in kind of generic corporate canned language and to be more worried about connection than promotion and you know we've talked about sales before on this show and and people usually have a negative perception of sales but good salespeople really are about connection not about selling the minute that they move into that realm of selling or promotion they they usually start making you feel different and you you lose your connection to them you lose how much you are listening to what they say so this is not news but what is going on in the career communications world the branding world really is an evolution and Deb called it an, a revolution from pitch to plot so instead of pitching we're really talking about our our story, telling a story that engages the audience, connects to the audience, and offers them value and insight, not just a story that's all about us. Think one of the worst professional speakers I've ever seen. And, you know, people were just so, a few people were so excited about her, bring her in and have her speak. But her presentation was really all about her. And how great she was and how wonderful she was and how many awards she she had won. And it really didn't tell a story that people could connect to. And this is a challenge for us as individuals to tell a story that on one hand does show our value, right? That's part of it. And on the other hand is a story that other people can connect to. And if you've ever seen kind of the diagram of a story, the part that this speaker was missing was the emotion and the vulnerability. So she was talking about her story, and this person had overcome a lot. And maybe she'd gotten some feedback that you don't want to, you know, have a pity party about yourself, and, and I get that. But she didn't connect you at all to what she'd overcome and really get real with you about how she'd overcome it. It was just all about the the accolades and the success story and, and how, how great she was. So when you're thinking about writing your story, there's a balance between vulnerability because vulnerability is just what it says it's creating you it's making you vulnerable and there's some of that that's important when we tell our story and we've got to be realistic that when we make ourselves vulnerable we can be taken advantage of by others so there is usually a limit to how vulnerable we want to be especially online in our bios and our professional materials we're not talking about being you know completely telling our full story right the 
TMI, too much information, is a thing and it still exists even as we talk about vulnerability. So at some place we've got to be real and tell our real story, get into the emotions. That's the what makes a story work is to tell it with emotion in a way that will connect with the audience, where the audience can feel that, yes, they have felt that too. But then you've got to bring it back out and talk about kind of the so what. So what did you learn? So what does that mean for your audience? You can't leave it dangling just there with the emotion. This is the challenge for us as professionals. How can you weave elements of your story in to make your professional communications more accessible and interesting to be read while still keeping it somewhat professional, appropriate for the medium, appropriate for the audience, and communicating the brand that you want to communicate. This is part of why having a brand that isn't authentic doesn't work. Because if you have to craft a story that spins the brand the way you want it to, it's not going to work. People are going to see through it eventually. It's not going to be something you can live every day. So we're not talking about spin here. We're we're talking about telling the story in a language that makes sense for the audience, makes sense for the medium, and still is authentic to what you do. And of course, that step sounds challenging because it is. It's not something that is easy, and usually it's something that takes a while to figure out how to make it work. But a few tips from Deb that can help you do that. If maybe you've started to get down some of your ideas about a story. You want to capture interest fast. This is one of the reasons that I hate resumes, bios, LinkedIn profiles that start with X years of of experience. Very few people care if you've got 10, 20, 30, 40 years of experience. That's not interesting. So when you're starting a document, you want to think about what connects to your audience? And perhaps it might be some beliefs, passions, quirks. It might be something that is a story from your background that is how you start instead of a, you know, a list of your accomplishments. Think about how you can maybe commiserate with your audience, show them that you've been where they are, show them that you've helped solve their problems, something to get out of the facts and figures, especially in the start of your story. Now, a lot of times when we've written a bio, cover letter, LinkedIn profile, we have some of that content further down. We tend to start with facts and figures and lists because they're easy. And then as we get going and we get into the groove of writing, we have better content that comes out. So look towards the bottom of what you are writing and see if there's a piece of the story there that might make sense to pull to the top 
to be a more interesting intro than how many years of experience you have. Stories are so important because they help us remember. And Deb shared that storytelling, we remember 65% of what we hear versus data and stats, we typically only remember about 25%. So when you're thinking about what you're writing, how can you make as, as much of it into a story to help you remember or actually to help you be memorable in your in your in your writings materials, your profiles, your bios, your cover letters. Don't be afraid to switch out some of the stats for stories. Don't be afraid to tell a little bit of the story around a stat. That's becoming more and more common even on resumes, to have a little bit of the story, a little bit of a context, and go beyond just the facts and figures. There's a lot of times the facts and figures aren't necessarily differentiating. How many people like you do know that hit 100% of quota or, you know, have turned around a company from profit loss to double-digit profit margins? What went behind those? What made them hard? What was the challenge that you overcame? That's the context that's going to set that story apart. So kick the corporate out of it. Tell your story. And don't be afraid to dig a little bit deeper and go beyond those facts and figures, especially when you're writing profiles and bios. When we come back, we're going to talk about more insights from the National Resume Writers Association Conference, including some of the big picture trends that we heard from Louise Kersmark. We'll be back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Alcohol contributes to America socially, economically, and culturally. But alcohol also impacts our health, safety, and quality of life. On Alcohol Across America, each week we present recurring issues related to community, liability litigation, social and college drinking, and the alcohol industry. Join host Dr. Brad Crever and his co-hosts every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Higher education faces lots of changes. If you are a student, educator, or in the workforce, you'll want to tune into Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. 
Your host, Dave Goldberg, and his guests will explore the innovations that higher education adopts as it reinvents itself. The world of higher education is constantly changing. Stay on top and stay ahead of the rest. Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And we are talking about insights gained from the National Resume Writers Association Conference this past week. We've talked a little bit about your brand communications and kicking the corporate out of it, finding a way to tell your story without all of the corporate lingo that might be getting in the way of you really connecting to your audience. And we've talked a little bit about what's coming next in in the world in terms of the gig economy and what you might want to consider if you're thinking about joining that group or if you are going to be marketing yourself, how do you market yourself in the gig economy? So let's talk a little bit about what's coming next. Louise Kersmark did a presentation just looking at the trends in career communications, what's changed? And, you know, it's really not a surprise to most of us, and really it's the reason we do this show, is that the careers landscape has shifted so much from that time where our company kind of took care of us and our career, and Louise's husband worked for the same company for 30-plus years, they grew his career for him, right? And now we're in an era where we're even shifting, you know, that's kind of long gone. And then there was a period of time where you worked for a company, but you knew that things might shift and change. And so you always had to be ready. I would say that that kind of started in the, early 2000s, the dot-com bust, and then this bust, and then that bust. (laughs) Consistent churn was the name of the game. And, And people were still, for the most part, employees, but always knew they needed to be ready to make a move as things shifted. Starting the last four or five years, perhaps, we are moving out of that realm even into this realm where people aren't really employees. As we were talking about at the very beginning of the show, that that gig economy, our 1099 contingent workforce, getting up to 20% or 40%, 40% of the of the workforce at some point, that's huge. That means that almost, you know, almost half of people aren't really even employees anymore. And 
that's where we're moving. I see some people who are still stuck in the mindset of something that hasn't existed for more than 20 years ago, more than 20 years perhaps now, where your company took care of you and grew your career. Of course, there are still some people who are employees. There are some people who will grow inside their company. But even those people are not being grown by their company as much as they used to be. Companies are starting to do more career development work. They're starting to do more career pathing, more internal advancement because they have to. They're struggling to keep good talent. But that is not a forever thing. As soon as the economy shifts and talent shifts and employers have the upper hand again, and we know that it will, right? It's That's a normal economic cycle is, uh, is about 10 years, which we're riding, riding close to the edge of at this moment. And when that shifts, those programs will go away and individuals who are still counting on companies to grow their career for them, to manage their career for them, will be in trouble. It's not, a, it's not a forever game. Now, that doesn't mean that we may not be employees, we, we should not be good employees, and that we may not have a, a, a longer-term future with the company that we're at. However, it does mean that we're in charge and we have to manage that career for, for ourselves. So what does that mean for your career communications? And Louise shared, of course, her husband had one resume in his whole life. He got that job and never needed it again. The days of that are are long gone. Then we have a big group of people who are still in the world of needing a resume, needing it updated fairly consistently so that they can move from job to job in a more traditional market, perhaps, that it hasn't really moved to the point of a flexible or kind of fluid resume where you're always moving and always updating, maybe not even a resume, but your LinkedIn profile or other profiles that help you connect with employers. We're still at this day and age, and at least in the foreseeable future, using resumes because employers like to have that piece of paper that they can put in a file that they can go back to later should something happen and say, yes, we vetted this candidate. Will we at some point move to where everything they do is computerized and you don't need a a separate Word document resume, perhaps? But at this point, LinkedIn profiles are not, they don't stand up to legal issues. So you're not saying that everything on your LinkedIn profile is legally valid and so, and HR person can't use that for their legal documentation. Maybe at some point somebody will figure out how to create something that is, but at this point we're still using the resume. However, 
as Louise pointed out and, and Deb talked about, and I'm sure we've talked about on this show, we know that your resume may not be the first thing people see about you. They probably will see your LinkedIn profile first or maybe some other information that you have on a professional association website or wherever you might have a profile, they're most likely going to see that first unless you're applying for an open position, which as we talked about a few weeks ago when we talked about the hidden job market, you don't necessarily want the first thing a person sees about you to be when you apply for an an open position. You want them to know you before that, see your, your value before that. And so we hope that they're finding you on LinkedIn, on a professional association website, and proactively creating a relationship before there's an open position, right? That shift in how we manage our marketing of ourselves really is what's pushing more towards the the storied career that we were talking about in our last segment. The facts and figures on a resume are important. They're going to check the boxes. But before we even get there, we want people to be able to engage with us in a story and to realize that as you go through your career, what you need to market yourself is going to shift and change. And the methods in which you communicate them are going to shift and change. So today it's LinkedIn. I can promise you it won't be LinkedIn forever. So we've got to stay up on what is the best for my industry, where is my target audience, and how do I connect that to them. It's not that much different than those of us who are in business do on a regular basis, making sure we know where our audience is and how to stay connected with them. That's now part of your challenge in managing your career, but it's not rocket science and it doesn't change that fast. You just want to stay in touch with your industry in whatever way you can and know what is going on, what skills are they looking for, where do you need to move next, what stories are going to make the most sense to share, and of course, where are you going to share those stories. When we talk about proactive career management, I think that oftentimes People think this is something that other people need, but not me. I'm, I've got this job. I'm at this company. I'm secure. The company's doing well. Oh, how fast that changes. I was talking to one of my HR colleagues a few weeks ago, and she's worked for several companies that have gone out of business. And she said, it's always amazing how fast it happens that the company is doing well and and perhaps even having millions of dollars in sales. She worked for smaller companies, of course. And then all all of a sudden things shift. I'm not a gloom and doom person, and I do think it's important to stay connected to reality that we are at the end of our economic up cycle. When, how, who knows, but eventually, and not too far in the future, 
there's going to be a down cycle. Now is your time to keep working on your network, to think about how you are are promoting yourself, (laughs) telling your story, right? How you're telling your story online and how you're authentically staying in connection with people so that when you need help, you have authentic relationships that can and will help you in making those transitions. So we're going to take a short break and come back and just give some last takeaways, tidbits for you as you think of what you can take away from my time at the National Resume Writers Association Conference. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Many industries have been revolutionized by technology in the last decade. Books, music, TV, communications, and now it's happening to our money and the way we pay. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how technology and customer behavior will bring about more changes in banking in the next 10 years than in the last 200 years. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Business Channel or on AM 1160 The Voice. You'll never look at your bank account the same again. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And I'm going to switch the focus here for a second and have you think about you and your career management. We're getting close to the end of the year here. And what do you want to do differently in 2018? Give you a few categories to think about in terms of what you 
can do in 2018 to manage your own career. So first, branding, thinking about it in our holistic sense. Are you clear about who you are and the strengths that you offer, what you want to do with your career in 2018 and moving forward? doesn't have to be five years out or 10 years out. Maybe it's just in 2018, whatever makes sense for you. But do you have clear career goals about where you're going, what you want more of in your career, what you want less of? Do you have a vision? Because if you don't, that's the place to start. What do you want out of your career? Then we can look at how you're going to get there. Who are you? What do you want people to see about you? This isn't, you know, how you going to manufacture something new about yourself, but what is already there in you that you want to make pe- make sure people are seeing that you really want to highlight about yourself. Because when you know those things and you're clear on, on where you're going and what you want more of and who you are, then less self-promotion is required. It comes naturally because you are clear, because you're communicating that on a regular basis, and you're really able to move yourself forward. If you're already clear on who you are and what you want more of, what are you doing to express that on a regular basis? Do people know who you are, what your strengths are, and what you want more of? Do you volunteer for those projects that would help you convey that? Do you give yourself the opportunity to connect regularly with people in your industry, your company, that can help you reach your goals? Would it be beneficial for you to do more networking activities, join the golf league, join the basketball league, softball league, whatever it is in your your company, to join some kind of affinity group or show up to all member meetings. In what way can you learn and connect more with the people that you want to connect with and the people that will help you move your career forward. Do you have the opportunity to go to an industry conference like I just went to where you can connect with people in person? No matter what we say about social media, we can really never deny the power of meeting people in person. And and social media really is an opportunity for you to build relationships that then you can solidify and continue and and deepen by meeting people in person whenever possible. What do your opportunities look like in 2018 to get in front of those people that you have and want to build relationships with? Then what do you do every day that shows people who you are? How would they know by looking at your office, by 
by looking at your social media? How would they know who you are? Not just in the professional sense, but in a professional sense, as Deb would say, where it goes a little bit deeper and lets them connect with you as a person. I was talking to an, an, another introverted colleague who was struggling with social media and what to share and how to engage there without getting sucked into political debates, which seems to be a landmine here in the U.S. at the moment, and to not just be a robot and only showing, you know, the easy-to-show things. And so we talked about categories of content that she could share that were a little beyond the professional, but not getting too personal for her as an introvert and not controversial. So she loves animals. She's always talking about the animal rescues. Great. Any content that is in that arena is fair game for her. The not the nonprofit or community work that she does, a no-brainer. So figuring out those categories that really worked for her to engage and share on social media without feeling like too much for her or feeling like didn't know when to respond or, or what to share and how to connect. Getting out of your comfort zone and connecting with people on a more personal level, both in person and on social media, is how we really form. And we tend to get scared when we talk about networking, but that's really all it is, is relationships and moving our focus away from our phone, away from our daily tasks, to really be able to build relationships that matter both for us and for the other person. I look forward to connecting with you. You're always welcome to reach out to me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. I hope you'll check out the resources and other people in the community, careers community, that can be of help to you at careerthoughtleaders.com. And we'll see you right here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 